starring Olivia Hussey. Cure Delay. Saxon. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Rated R. Hey there, and welcome back to A Conversation for One Podcast. The podcast where we ramble on and discuss a wide variety of topics such as horror and sci-fi multimedia, film franchises and universes, theme parks, Canadiana, and so much more. Is anyone listening? Anyone? Testing? Testing? Is anyone still listening to this? I'm just kidding. I've checked the stats, and a large amount of you still are, so God bless you. Thank you so much. It's uh, It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, as always, we start off with saying it's been a bit, it's been a long time, but it's been a long time, and I think for these episodes moving forward, we are going to call this, and I'm doing air quotes here, season two. And now I don't believe in podcasts doing seasons unless they're doing like some sort of a narrative, which is really fun. And I like that. Um, but I definitely don't. And if you are an avid listener, you know that I'm not doing anything like that. But I thought that's what I'll call it. I've taken a big break. I have some new improvements. So let's 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 cover that first before we even talk about what the subject is today, what the topic is. We have some huge updates. So Tyler scraped together some money. He put together some old checks. He put some some you know gift cards, um, old old bills. Like we're talking two versions old, like the bird Canadian bills. Um, scraped it all together. You know, pushed a little bit of money forward that he was saving for other things. Got himself like a top of the line laptop. It's it's huge. It's a uh, quad core 12 12 gigabyte ram uh terabyte of memory it still has a cd player which is bitchin that's what i absolutely want it call me an old man but that's what i want it so i have that so i'm still recording on the old computer but i can do everything else on the new computer and eventually obviously i'll still record on that i'm just starting to move everything over and get all of my um shared websites and yada yada that i use for um the podcast also in the news I have sponsors. I have reached out to a ton of people and they're like, yes, I would love some ad space. So you guys will actually be hearing ads. So I know at one point I had outro apparel on here, still might have outro apparel, nothing wrong with them. Please go check them out. But I will now be having ads. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know it's crazy um, for the podcast. So that's another thing to really push me forward for this season too. Further, if if you haven't listened to my last episode, I started doing jam reviews as like a joke, and then now people watch it and they want it and they're talking about it and they're commenting on it. It's, it's mind blowing shit. Now I call everything jam. I'm reviewing jams. Like I said, started out as a joke, still kind of a joke, but now I'm just reviewing goddamn everything. If it looks fucking weird, it looks disgusting. If it's interesting, if I've never seen it before, or never tried it before, I'm trying it out. And what, why I'm telling you this, A, watch it, please share it. Um, you can find it on Master Horlings, spelled like the prostitute, um, is because I'm going to be having guests on here. That's the other thing. I have guests organized to be on the show. And one thing I think I'm going to do is a little bit of synergy because I've had two people now ask for it when they come back on the show or on the show for the first time is they want to try a jam. They want to try a tea. They want to try something with me. So I think I'm going to film it and that'll be like a little cross promotion to 
help promote the podcast, help promote the jam reviews. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, I'm weirdly happy about that. So I'm really looking forward to that. That being said, um, I still have an older episode that I haven't edited yet. It's about, I would say 60% done um, to our guest, Matthew Humphreys. Very sorry, buddy. Very sorry. Still working on it. It's up there. I've got another episode that I've completely written out. So I'll probably be recording that tomorrow and editing that at some point later. So with that and those two, there's three episodes coming at you probably by the from now to the beginning of March. That's fingers crossed. Don't hold me to it. But that is what's the plan, what the plan is there. And there will be some advertising in there. So it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. So today I figured because I only got one episode out. It's, it's more of a coincidence. I'm not even going to act like I planned this because I only got one episode out in December. Today, I was going to talk about one of this. It's an essential. It's an essential horror film. And I haven't talked about horror since about October. I haven't really talked about much since October. But this film is Black Christmas. So I thought I'd do a film shame, movie shame. Still don't know what I'm calling it um, for Black Christmas. Now, if you don't know, Black Christmas is, like I said, an essential horror film. This is essentially the granddaddy of slasher films. People that say Halloween is the granddaddy of slasher films, just do me a favor and tell them to go shove it up their ass because really, Black Christmas is the quintessential slasher. It has the random killer, which Halloween loves for some reason, like that has no motive, just pure evil. You don't know who this killer is at the end. Of so by the way, huge spoilers here. If if this review, quote unquote review, is good. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, just go watch it. It is it is a Christmas movie, as in it's themed around Christmas, but it's not like Santa Claus has to save Christmas type Christmas movie. So you could watch it. I watched it today. What is it today? February 16th, I watched it, 2020. You don't have to be in Christmas. It's just it's just essential in, in the setting, but not in the plot. So go watch this film. It is not a long one, and you are going to love it. Love it, love it, love it. It's not like mind-blowing, but it still packs a punch. And you know when a movie is from 1974, and it still packs a punch, even if it's not like the scariest film you've seen, it's, if it still haunts you in some way. I know people um, that it, it it still haunts. They've seen it like decades ago, and it still haunts them. Um, not to say that it's not tame in some regards, but there's enough to love for a viewing. So go check that out before you listen to this any further. That being said, let's move forward. Um, this film has the killer, um, the, the twist for the killer. It has the, it's some brutal, brutal scenes for like the killings. Um, it's got the final girl. Uh, basically, you have the final girl staple. Um, you have everything from like the cops not listening to um, the killer being one step ahead. It's got like all those quintessential, more realistic base slashers, like less boogeyman, less um, like um, second half Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger or like Child's Play really even. Child's Play kind of, but you know what I mean? It's more like a scream, more like a Halloween. Um, yeah, it's more based in like a, in like a realism that way. Um, but it follows, oh, and let me just say here, this is a Canadian film. So you can thank Canada once again for um, getting getting something else out into the world that we're not too, too credited for. But you know what? It is what it is. So this film, before I even get into it, is directed by Bob Clark. And is it actually directed by Bob Clark? Yes, it is. 
I was afraid I was going to say Dick Clark. And if you listened to the last episode, I almost, I said Dick Clark instead of Dick Smith. I corrected myself, obviously. But damn, I don't even like Dick Clark. Like, who the hell is Dick Clark? I know he's like the New Year's Eve guy, but what else has he done? I don't know. So Bob Clark here, Canadian guy. Uh, he also directed, I don't know if it's in the same year or very close to, A Christmas Story. Like, almost the same budget. He, so he directed A Christmas Staple for kids and weird adults. Sorry if you like that film. I hate it. And then he directed Black Christmas, which is... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's the best Christmas-themed horror film. There's a few out there. This is the best one. And not only that, it is probably one of the better slasher films out there. Um, Just after seeing it today, I went in with low expectations. It's the best way to watch any horror movie. And I was very, very pleased, very surprised with how that turned out. Okay, so... It is not set in Toronto. It kind of makes you feel like it is, but it's not. So upon doing it, just a teeny bit of research, it's based out of Montreal. Um, And like I said, 1974. Um, The film takes place within um, a sorority, right? Yeah, because a fraternity is guys. I don't know what that actually is. Uh, What is the actual difference here? Yeah, I think it's a sorority. I can't figure it out. I paused it for a second there. I am not, I'm not quite sure. But anyways, the, um, there's, there's like five girls. And one of the girls, I was like, is that Andrea Martin? First of all, no, I wasn't. I was like, oh, my God, who is that? It looks so familiar. And then, like, you know, when it like, comes to you, like, Eureka moment, I was like, oh, my God, that's Andrea Martin. And the girlfriend was like, who's Andrea Martin? I was like, are you kidding me? She's, like, from SCTV. And she's like, what's SCTV? And so to avoid getting upset, I said, you don't know SCTV? So I obviously didn't avoid it. I just went into it a little further. And she's like, no. And I was like, Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, John Candy. You don't know it? It's like better than SNL. It's Canadian. It's like a Canadian answer to SNL. Nope. And I was like, oh, my God. So the whole time I was like, Andrea Martin. Oh, my goodness. Look at you go. So it's got Andrea Martin, Margot Kidder. I know I keep dancing around what the plot is here. So Margot Kidder's in this, and I know people like lose their shit for Margot Kidder, especially like people from that generation. And don't get me wrong, like <clears throat> she looks okay. She, I would give her seven out of ten. Um, but her acting skills, especially like there's this one scene where she's like pretending to be drunk, and I was like, oh my god! It was like the director said, like, all right, Margot, we need you to dr- act like a drunk cartoon character because it's like, and you think you can just tell me? I was like, oh my god! I know that sounded a little Bob Dylan, but that's basically what a drunk person sounds like to people, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was re- it was really uncomfortably not good acting. Now I'm not gonna say bad because I'm sure it works right for what they were doing how long they had to shoot it whatever so margo kidder john saxon who i absolutely love that guy i was saying to victoria that is a person who definitely deserved to be an a-list actor like looked the role like had the right stuff was in the good movies and just i never worked for him he's in like nightmare on elm street he's in enter the dragon oh fuck what's that other movie he's in He's a good he's a good actor though. Like when when you see him, you're like, oh my god, yeah. Like I've seen him in a lot of stuff because he's been in a lot of stuff. The poor guy. Um, so like I said, it's got uh, Andrea Martin as well. But the star of the show is Olivia Hussey. Good lord, is she a looker? Just absolutely goddamn stunning. Um, she plays Jess Bradford, who you wouldn't think. Again, this is spoilers. Who you wouldn't think would have been the final girl. There's a couple times where you're like, oh, she's gonna die. Nope, everyone dies. She's basically the final girl. So the premise is. And also, too, 
this starts the whole like f- the killer on the phone fucking with the kids that's like it it literally it's the Tolkien to slashers as like Tolkien is to fantasy. Like it has its foot in so many different things that like people give like, Oh, it's homaging like to Halloween. It's like, "Mm, no, maybe some things, but Halloween was hugely influenced from black Christmas. So don't get it twisted. So these, all these girls in a sorority and um, all these girls in a sorority and the phone rings and they're like, Oh, it's the moaner. And I'm always like the moaner. And then it comes on, it's like, ah, like, okay, and kids cover yours, like, I'm gonna fuck you in your cunt, I'm gonna fuck you in your cunt, like, you're fucking pussy this and pussy that. And they're like, they're listening. Half of them are like, ah, this is like funny, weird, like, this is a little uncomfortable. And the other couple are like, okay, this is like very fucking uncomfortable. Like, I am upset listening to this. And then Margot Kidder gets him going, like, hey, you know what? Why don't you stick your tongue in a socket and like f- fucking like die, basically, right? And then the guy gets upset and then he hangs up the phone and he calls him again and again. He's like breathing in it, making noises and changing voices, yada, yada. And right off the hop, this movie wastes no goddamn time. But it's so, for how good it is, and it is, it's a wonderful film. It's it's well executed, well made. Um, I don't know. It's like we were dying laughing. So there's one scene. It's the very first victim, unfortunately. It's like probably like the nicest girl of all these girls and she's like who's there hello who's there hello (laughs) who's there oh what the fuck is the cat's name oh my god what is the goddamn cat's name oh i can't think of what the the cat's name but anyways she calls out for the cat i'm gonna just scream it i know i like eventually i'll remember what it is um i'm pretty sure it was filmed in toronto but i I saw that it was filmed in montreal i don't know i'm like talking to myself in my brain here so she's like hello hello and she sees like the plastic like you know like a plastic bag that you put over like your your suit or like a jacket or a dress or something like that to keep the dust off of it Sees it kind of like, like blowing a little bit. Hello, hello, hello. Just keeps walking towards it. And then all of a sudden like, like suffocate it with the bag. And it's like, are you dumb? Like they must've been so trusting in the seventies. And I know I'm not stupid. I know these stupid things have to happen in a film. So the plot can progress. Like I, I've seen a few films in my life. Um, but I was just like, good God. But that's how she dies. And then gets thrown up into the attic and it's brutal. Like her eyes are still open. Like she's, that's how she died. She suffocated. And then the, like the instantly though, like dies. And then like the body gets like dragged up the stairs and you're like, what is he doing with that body? But you don't know. And that's the thing. They leave the killer in absolute mystery. And they do something that's not like just for slasher films, but I love it. They do like, they do like two misdirects and then they do one where it's like very heavy handed. Like it's gotta be this guy. And you're like, is it though? Like, it doesn't really work. And then they do some stuff like, look, he's aggressive. Look, he's upset. Look, he's like following her. And like, and you're like, oh, it's, yeah, maybe it's him. And then it's like, no, it's not. And that was like the craziest ending. So basically, there's a guy living in the attic. And that's basically like, this is where like the, it comes like the call. It's coming from in the house. Like that's that staples, you know, like when a stranger calls those type of films, this started here because they finally, they put a bug in the phone and they finally figure out like, okay, the killer is in the house. 
but the thing is is you never actually figure out who the fucking killer is and and that's that's the worst part and i that's honestly what took this film from being like a seven to me to like making it like a nine like i love this film would i buy it sure if it was on sale am i gonna rush out of my way to watch it again no but definitely a christmas staple this is a christmas staple film now i'll watch this every year goddamn i watched a couple christmas horror movies this year and while i did like them and i enjoyed them aesthetically or maybe for a couple scenes that were in them this i would watch start to finish i loved this film um and the deaths some of the deaths are unreal i know what i was saying and i'm somewhere all over the place so he's in the attic he's picking off the girls there's a huge misdirect it's not who you think it is in fact you never find out who it is and the way the ending is like i'm not going to spoil the entire ending but the way the ending is is chilling as fuck so not only like once you figure out what you figure out the way they shoot the film is like they, they make it almost pov so you're not quite sure if you're looking at the killer's perspective or if it's just the camera showing you something and then it ends and you're like fuck like that is a that is a good movie you know like there's like many different ways of saying fuck like it's a universal term it can mean anything but that's that's like a wow kind of like a you're like oh my kind of a, a fuck um like I said, some brutal kills. So that first kill, whether you think it's a, a a little underwhelming or a little too much, it there's one kill they cheap out on, but everything after 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 the first kill is brutal, especially when you think about it. Like even though you might not see something, so it does like the whole psycho Texas Chainsaw method where it's leaving it to your imagination to fill in the pieces. I can't remember what that terminology is right now, but for example, I'll just give you the second kill. So when the second person is killed. There's like a huge pulley like hook to like lift up a piano to an attic or something like that. And it swoops down and you think, oh, well, that buckle or whatever that is, it's going to hit her and knock her out. Nope. It fucking goes in through her neck and then she's screaming as the killer pulls her up with that, pulls her up into the attic and finishes her off. Like it's like brutal. There's like there's stabbings. There's like maimings tons of shit like throat slittings like this it movie has it for a movie from 1974 it's right at the cusp of when you could do anything in film to right before films become like neutered and i wouldn't say it's like a british like video nasty but it's it's it packs a wallop like it is an it is a nice spicy well done film that way um so you have um all the girls you have the two boyfriends and then you have the dad this meek little dad um which i absolutely loved i don't know why there's nothing likable about the guy but i thought he was great um and basically they're trying to find these missing girls so there's a missing high school girl the one girl that i said the first girl dies and then people are disappearing uh, the girls go to the police they're saying hey we're getting a lot of phone calls um and the cops don't take them seriously but then once a bunch of people come forward that's when they start taking it seriously they bug the phone um like they tap it and they just keep missing it and honestly this film was so much suspense and i was like wow like i didn't look at my phone once the only thing i looked at my phone was to just make sure yep that's andrea martin <laughs> but other than that i didn't look at my phone for anything uh nothing at all um and that to me in this day and age is the key to a great film if you're never looking at your phone if you're never distracted and you're just watching the film like and like i said if you can't if you're not touching your phone you're not looking at anything you're not, you're not talking to anybody and you're just you're captivated in it even if the movie isn't great um like even if it's not like the best movie in the world 
it's still a good movie. It's still a great movie. And I feel very comfortable recommending that sort of movie at that point. Um, and that's also too, like, it makes me feel even like nicer knowing that it's a, like a Canadian film. Um, and like, it feels very Canadian, um, you know, films from like the seventies, eighties, early nineties, they have that certain Canadian feel. And I think that like films nowadays, they, they kind of lack that punch cause they can't compete with like a bigger American like conglomerate, like telefilm and like government of Canada still give money. Um, but comparing these films to like bigger films even, or, you know, triple a blockbusters, a ton of them are filmed in Toronto. Like majority of films now are filmed in Georgia, like, uh, Atlanta, Georgia or Savannah, Georgia, or they're filmed in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And, and that's just it. That's it at the end of the day for tax reasons, for location, cheaper shoots, whatever. Right. But back then, the difference wasn't that big, especially a ton of films would be shot in Canada with Canadian crews for American productions, or they would be like those people, those same people would do the Canadian crew, Canadian production, and they would, and that would be it. And, it, and I, I know Canada, like the government of Canada, like Telefilm Canada, they're all like still very involved with the film production, but there isn't like a huge push. The film industry isn't basically isn't on the same terms anymore. Like the media conglomerates, like without like getting on my soapbox here, but the people that do films in America can do the two hundred fifty million dollar budget, can do the eighty, the fifty, the sixty, the seventy, thirty, forty million dollar budget and like crush it with advertising, with this, with that. Unless you're doing like a horror film, and I f find the majority of horror films coming out of Canada recently are very tame, or they're they're just missing something. They're missing some sort of spark. Um, and and also too, why would you do a film in Canada aside from like being at like your first film or like budgetary um, concerns, like you can't get anything? If you have a good idea, you have the right crew. Why wouldn't you go to the states, right? And also too films don't move the same way they used to if you saw that a scary film was coming out you'd have to go to your theater to watch it otherwise you'd have to wait for it to go on film or on film on tv in a couple years or, or like two to five to ten years right and then you'd watch it on tv and that would be a big event but now most people aren't even going to the theater so they're not going to watch a canadian film in the theater they're not going to watch a canadian film on netflix or on hulu um so it's, you know it's it's sad that way but the film, like I was saying, feels very Canadian. Um, all of like the um, exteriors and all of like the buildings and and like just even kind of like the camaraderie that like, the characters have with each other, especially because most of them are Canadian. It it has that like hearty, rich, like boomer generation kind of vibe for Canada, and it's kind of like it's warming, especially with that Christmas vibe. You feel like you know, like you're just for me especially like in Barrie area like Toronto is like an hour from me an hour 20 like it feels very close to home and I know a lot of it is filmed in Montreal but I, I I recognize some of the buildings that were there that they've got to be from like University of Toronto like they've got to be um and even just inside tons of coat of arms like the way they had their pictures framed um the snowy atmosphere um, and even just recognizing certain actors from being in other Canadian like properties and um, series, it definitely gave me that like nice warm feeling. And while I don't think that gave it any extra points for me, because um, I'm not doing like a formal review or anything, I definitely enjoy that a lot more. And it makes me feel a little bit special. It always does. Like I can't remember who said it, but like 
they said like being a Canadian is like being a Jew. You're always like, do you know that's Canadian? Do you know he's Canadian? She's Canadian. Like you just you're always grabbing and I'm not Jewish by any means, but like you never see Americans being like they're American. Like they know the majority of things out there is their shit, but Canada is very, it's, it's, it's few and in between. Um, but getting back to the film here with getting off my soapbox for Canada, for God's sake. Um, basically, um, the main character, Jess, Jess Bradford, shout out, um, her boyfriend, um, Peter, is it Peter? Yes, Peter, uh, sorry, uh, his, his name's Peter, um, he's like this practicing musician, and he, she's pregnant, and she says she's gonna abort the baby, so the misdirect here, you know, he's like smashes his piano after he finds out that like he did shitty on his, um, his presentation or whatever it was that she, that, um, he was practicing for. And basically, so the, yeah, they, they set it up. Sorry. Like we, <laughs> this is the last goddamn fucking time I'm recording on this piece of shit. So the laptop crashed. I was like, Oh, better save this, better save this so that I don't lose it. Cause I am on a roll here. And what did my laptop do? It didn't go. Wow. Golly. Thank you for thinking forward to save it. It went, Oh, you went to save it. I'm going to actually crash. I'm going to not respond. And then when I come back to, I'm going to say you lost about a minute and a half. So if somewhere around, I don't know where it was like eight, the 18 minute mark, it's kind of like, doesn't make any fucking sense because I'm trying to like figure out what I said in the heat of the moment, um, in between that like minute and a half block that it just decided, yep, for some reason, right here, right fucking here, we're not going to fucking keep what you said. And they blamed it on me. Sorry, you're using something else. Too much running on this computer. I literally have nothing running except for Audacity. But it's neither here nor there. We bought a new laptop. Once I get that done, this will literally be a Google Chrome page. Like, fuck this machine. I'm so fucking done with it. What were we even talking about? Peter? Yeah, so they set him up. He's like... He's kind of a whiny bitch. I mean, it's 1974, but he's like, no, like you're not killing the baby that she's pregnant. And she's like, I can't keep the baby. He's like, you're keeping the fucking baby. And she's like, no, like, I don't want to marry you. I want to live my life. I have my own goals. Like, good for you. You go girl. But also like, (laughs) she kind of was shitty about it. Like I'm getting rid of the baby and they've been dating, I guess for like a year or whatever it was. They don't say, but they, it's implied. She's like, I'm killing it. And he's like, well, can we talk about it? And she's like, no. And so at that point, like it's both of your parts and I'm very much with those, one of those people, like not like pro-life or anything, but like you both should come to that conclusion together. Right. And if you can't sensibly talk about it, like if he's going to lose his shit, no matter what, then yeah, maybe it isn't a good call. Maybe you should get it aboard it because do you really want to raise a kid with somebody like that? It can't be rational. can't put you into perspective, but anywho, that's neither here nor there. It's 1974, different time, different world, different people talking really quick. And so He's like, we need to talk about it. And then he's like, he fucks up his like rehearsal. He destroys the piano. So it's showing the audience, oh, this guy's a bit of a fucking loose cannon. And then he's like, you don't fucking kill that baby. You'll regret it. And so, and then for some reason, it must be because they talked about the baby. I don't really know, but Billy is like the killer. So you kind of think, oh, maybe Peter's got a second personality. Cause on the phone, it keeps saying like, you know, the straightforward like cunt, pussy, all that weird stuff, but then also brings up the baby, the baby, the baby. So you're like, it's gotta be Peter. It's gotta be Peter. And then it wasn't. So spoiler, (laughs) I've warned you guys so many times, but it's not. And I was like, God damn. 
God damn, you got me for a fucking loop. And also, too, is she off the hook? Is Jess off the hook now? Because the cops were like, yeah, it must have been Peter. I had a bad hunch about that fucking loser, that fucking weirdo. But it wasn't Peter. So not only did the cops profile this guy, he was a little weird. He was a little weird. He looked like he was like 38, still in university, trying to be like a concert pianist. Like, give it up, dude. Like, 38, you're still trying? Like, it's time to do construction. Actually, at 38, you've almost missed the window for construction. So actually keep trying to be a pianist because it just... You're almost out of options at that point, but he is kind of weird. But anyway, so they like blame the deaths on Peter. They blame the deaths on Peter. So she's like, well, she's off the hook for some reason because it's Canada. So you wouldn't be off the hook, but I guess they're like, it's a girl. So we'll let it slide. So anywho, they're just like, well, let's clean this one up. It must've been this guy, which I thought was funny in hindsight like I was chuckling about it afterwards but during the movie I wasn't really thinking about that but so they find the two girls bodies they find Margot Kidder they find Andrea Martin they the bodies are stacked on the bed they were brutally murdered we don't see Andrea Martin die she puts up a fight though god damn you hear her screaming and kicking and punching and shit but you don't see it killer just kind of has his way with her but Margot Kidder has a brutal death um and they're like yeah we got to get these bodies to the morgue but for for some fucking reason, though, they they just the cops leave. So there's still the two bodies that are upstairs in the attic. The like the sorority mo- mother, I guess, and then like the first girl who dies, um, uh, Claire. Um, so and that's the other thing. Like you can see Claire's dead body from like the attic window. Like it's in the backyard or it's in the front. It's somewhere. But they don't. They don't check. They're like, well, we got to get these two bodies. They don't find the other two women. Granted, the like the sorority mom, she isn't really like like being looked for really. Um, like I don't think any notice went out for her. But they're just like, yep, wrap it up. Bring Margot Kitty and, and Olivia Martin or Andrea Martin to uh, the morgue, and we'll get them, you know, verified and yada yada. But they're just like, well, they fucking clean their hands of the other girls, and no one ends up looking for them, and that's when you see like the killer returns well that's when you find out that there's an actual killer like i don't want to ruin the ending ending like you find it out but basically it's like the girl jess who survived this whole ordeal she's answered the majority of the phone calls she thought it was she had she just killed her boyfriend she's definitely going to abort that baby after this film's over um you know hypothetically the, the baby's not not living um like how could it and they just leave her like asleep like everyone leaves the boyfriend of like claire uh she leaves with the father of claire um the two police officers leave uh no one's in the house no one's in the house so they leave jess alone in a dark house um like sleeping the cops are like well we'll handle this later and they're like just leave a person outside the house they did no sweep of the house because they think they've gotten the killer, but they did no outside work. They didn't verify. They didn't check everything. They didn't go through it. They didn't do an investigation. And so she's just sleeping in the house. And there's an officer outside who, if he stepped like 10 steps out, he could see that Claire's body was like leaning against the window, basically. And and you, you know that the killer's got to know that she's in there, right? Because he didn't kill her. And he's been just walking around this house. And, and, like, I'm basically kind of spoiling the ending that I keep saying I'm not going to, but I'm trying not to give it away. And it was so goddamn unnerving. And that, 
mixed with the twist element and just like the brutal killings like i loved this film like there hasn't really been a film shame where i'm like i don't know like i did one for halloween i didn't release it unfortunately like it'll come out it'll come out eventually because it's done but that film is quintessentially overhyped like i know it's supposed to be the granddaddy of slashers but it's not this one is as we've just discussed but something about halloween doesn't work for me everybody's dumb everybody's dumb like in this movie claire was dumb the first girl's dumb like hello hello but in halloween everybody's dumb like there's no way michael myers would be killing people and yet he does again and again and there's no rhyme or reason for him to be doing anything and i i hate it i hate it but this film was great so just to wrap it up here we have christmas everybody's loving it even if you're not it's it's fun it's a fun atmosphere 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 for especially for horror um tons of strong independent women and they are like none of them are like i need a guy to figure this out they're all taking charge and for 1974 that's pretty baller i i did enjoy that i'm not very much like a women's lip kind of guy but I, like i've said in many episodes i am very liberal i am very forward thinking um very open-minded um and I, I really appreciated that i really enjoyed that and it's not like a huge pro for me in terms of the film if the film's good a film's good i'm not looking for that stuff when i'm watching it but without digging myself a hole, I did enjoy that. So there's that. Um, the girls are all charming, witty. They all have their own type. Um, the main girl, Olivia Hussey, that's probably where I got Olivia from, absolute rocket. Uh, Margot Kidder is the star power there with John Saxon. Um, you have Andrea Martin, who is like the smart, strong, good friend. Um, the boyfriends, except for Peter. So the other boyfriend who is uh what is his name gosh i'm not is it chris the one boyfriend though was like damn that is a good ass boyfriend and that guy fucks like he was wearing like a fur ass coat like a fur coat <laughs> fur ass he's wearing a fur coat that had a hood he had like chiseled jawline like that 70s flow he was a goalie for the team he had the girlfriend was polite to the father it was the polite to like all the friends was forward was like we need to get this done no officer this was comforting to the dad of the of the dead girlfriend um in like the time of need like that guy like fucks like that guy gets around he's like the an a plus dude um and that was another thing so like yep found the killer claire's dad and claire's boyfriend like they're just like yep well we better tell the other girls like zero zero bucks given no like oh my god she's dead there was nothing and then i was like oh my god like they didn't react at all and then the dad basically dies he like fucking like oh, just passes out on the chair and he's like dead and that's it they're just like get up and get up and they all leave that house like i said and they just leave every light off in the entire fucking huge sorority house that houses like a dozen people they just leave every light out um in a house where multiple people were murdered they're not like hey we should move her to somewhere different maybe like somewhere that's police monitored no we'll just have a cop inside the house but it's neither here nor there i love the film charming canadian slasher horror classic i'm glad i watched it i it's one of those films where i've seen snippets of and i knew the importance of it and i just never got around to it um but i am happy i watched it um so yeah 
I guess, yeah, this is a film shame. (laughs) It kind of always borders off into being like, this is um, like a a Canadian conversation. I want to do Canadian conversation episodes, and I've done technically Canadian conversation episodes, but I've never actually labeled them as such. Um, But this is not. Um, But yeah, definitely go see um, Black Christmas. They've done remakes of it. They've done one in 2006, I believe, and one just recently. Apparently, the recent one is very, like, very women's lib, and it does not follow the same story. Um, But the remake that was in the 2000s is, like... Oh, excuse me. Dude, a yawn. Um, Apparently, though, that is very similar to this story, and it is, in terms, more so a remake than just a namesake reboot, I guess, which the new one is. Um, But... If it were up to me, I haven't seen either of the other ones. I hadn't seen any of these films, but I can't imagine any of them being better than the classic. And I know it's usually like the classic is the best. And I've gone to bat saying no remakes, even when they're like not people's favorites, they have their charm and I enjoy them more. But this one, it hits the marks on just about everything. There wasn't too much that like I, I, I there was nothing I hated about the film. There wasn't too many. There wasn't really anything I, I didn't like about the film. There are a couple things where I was like, Oh, I, I don't really, that's like dumb or that wouldn't have happened or I don't agree with that. But other than that, perfect. Cross the board, perfect. Um, like like we said, I don't do reviews on this on this podcast, but it's amazing. And you can totally tell, apparently it wasn't well regarded when it came out, but then it's like stood the test of time and it's been re-reviewed, highly regarded, highly like, um, I guess like, promote it i don't know like it's been put up on a pedestal like people appreciate this film more and i i'm seeing starting to see it get more light more recognition um more i guess gratitude maybe like in terms of it of halloween always getting the limelight always being like this is what started slashers it's like it didn't like if you really look you could say psycho started the slasher or like alice sweet alice or like blood feast or whatever the those films are um but this is the prototype this is the granddaddy i would have to say um and yeah i just i loved it so if you haven't seen it and even after listening to me basically spoil the entire movie and oh and that's too it's well shot like the lighting is nice the cinematography is great like the cinematography is amazing like the, the way the camera moves in this film is unreal and it it it, it's a bunch of different styles and types of, of film work like film work of camera work in this and I highly enjoyed it um, like Bob Clark and I don't know who his director of photography was or a cinematography cinematographer was but perfect 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 I, I really enjoyed it like I said I didn't touch my phone once if you can get lost in this film there isn't too many better ones especially Christmas horror films to get lost in um, so I really really dug it and that's all I really have to say about that so check out Black Christmas um, moving forward, like I said, I have that episode with Matt Humphreys. Um, um, we talk about the Wii, the Wii and video games from last the last decade, which is not really what we talk about on this channel. But goddamn it, was it a fun episode? So I'm 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 really gonna push to try and get that one done. And then the episode that I have coming up, it actually has to do with football. I know doesn't really work either, but. It is going to be a Canadian conversation. It's going to be on the CFL, everyone's favorite franchise. Um, and other than that, uh, please, I'm going to start doing these episodes again. Uh, so check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at ACFO Podcast. 
where I will start posting frequent updates again. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, on Patreon, uh, on YouTube, uh, at A Conversation for One Podcast. And if you have any questions, concerns, if you want some advertising, if you want, I don't know, suggestions, if you want to give me a suggestion, anything, hit me up at acfopodcast at gmail.com. And until then, guys, um, feel free to give me a review on uh, iTunes or wherever. I appreciate it. I know it's asking for a lot, but even if you don't want to give me an actual review, five stars goes a long way, especially because I've had this dry spell. It would definitely put me back up there. Um, I've been getting, like I said, I got a lot of listens. I got about 100 to 200 listens last time I checked, and I haven't done any promotion, not even for my last episode. So for the people listening, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, I think the episodes get better, and now that I have a new laptop, it's going to be a lot easier. I'm not going to worry about crashing like I just had on this goddamn episode. And it'll be a little bit easier to edit, I'm pretty sure. And then the next stop, we'll be getting the mixer. Uh, but until then, guys, look forward to the next episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. I don't know how I sign this out anymore. i got to listen to an older episode. But thank you for listening. Um, keep listening. Um, be excellent to each other. Stay rad. Tyler out. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Goodnight.